summer blockbusters. Hey, I, I, I can't hear you. you. Gotta be in a world in with a world. Hey, summer blockbusters. You're kind of stepping on my shit here. In a world. In a world. Okay, I got that part. Now I have to start over. <laughs> in a world. <laughs> in a world. Where there's no summer blockbusters. Harry sounds Two, like he has to take a giant shit. Okay, again, really step on my toes here. Two boys must save the film industry because there's no Captain America anymore. Why? Why do you? Why do you sound like that? I, the, in a in a world, I have to start over again you now. Have to, in a world, you sound like you're trying not. You're trying to tell me a secret. World, <laughs> you have to do it before I die. <laughs> Okay, let me try again. <clears throat> Deep in there. The diaphragm. Okay. In a world. How is that? Project more. In a world where t- there's no Hollywood blockbusters, the streets of Los Angeles are empty because all the libcucks are afraid of coronavirus. <laughs> Two boys have to double-handedly save the film industry from itself. Two boys double team the film industry. Two boys double <laughs> in a world. Two boys with small brains in a with world big dreams. Where Harry and Dalton can't come up with an intro. They tell you that they're about to tackle the superhero industry the way it's never been done before. Welcome to the story of how two boys from small town Kentucky revitalized Hollywood's most beloved franchises. May the force be with you. With memorable lines. Hasta la vista, baby. And iconic goofs. Damn it, I don't know. You can't fight in here. This is the war room. Do these two dipshits have what it takes to become a Hollywood royalty? I'm a lead farmer, motherfucker! Find out in Take Fun. Always bet on Blart, Blart, Blart. We're recording? Alright, time to do the post, the intro, song. Uh, intro. Harry, it's me. Batman. Oh no, Batman's uh, featuring our first guest, Batman. I'm your, I'm your guest today. It's me, Batman. <laughs> I'm Gotham's Dark Knight. <laughs> okay, this the one... The hero they don't deserve, but they need. Uh, no, Bruce, this is unfortunately an audio medium. I'm down low, Bruce's. <laughs> so I'm Batman. <laughs> okay. All right, Bats. Uh, he sounds like a cool guy, though. Okay. Uh, again, this is an audio medium. Um, if you could sort of clear your throat. Uh, <clears> throat> I'm, uh, sorry. I, I, I had tiramisu today. Okay, now you sound more like the horny... The hormone demon from from Big Mouth. I'm Batman, and I'm voiced by Will Arnett. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm just a little loopy because I've had to watch a bunch of DC movies. But anyway, my name is Dalton Graves. My name is Harry Smith. And welcome to Take Fun, the podcast where we finally have good audio. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Got new mics. We are feeling fresh, my guy. I'm feeling fresh. Uh, it's summer. The The weather finally changed. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel like I have to wear a coat everywhere now. Yeah. It's great. It's not 45 degrees in May in the south anymore, which is great. Yay, Kentucky weather. Uh, uh, we got our BLLs. 
Uh, we got our Hams America's Classic Beer. Always got our beers. Uh, brews on deck. Um, it's summer. Uh, Dalton, what are you... You got any, like, summer plans? You got any goals you want to, uh, you know, sort of achieve? Not really, uh, but I do want to touch on one thing real quick before we get started. I had a few people ask me what the name Take Fun means. Okay. And I'm going to be honest, guys, it's just a play on words. Yeah. You know, when, uh, when, when, whenever someone's filming, like, a movie, they do what's called a slant for you film buffs out there. And <laughs> you just go like, eh, no sound, no speed. And it's just like, uh, army of butts, take one. <laughs> you know, that classic film. Army of butts. But instead of take one, it's take fun. <laughs> because we're having fun. If you can't tell by our incessant laughter. Well, Harry, let's see. So we're in episode two now. Episode two. We have made it past the hurdle that is Cold War. <laughs> we got it out of our system. We got I'm it just out. My- Folks, I'm really sorry about that last one. For the as of this time recording, the literally the six of you that have listened to it um, for more than a minute really appreciate you uh, so much. After listening to it about ten times while editing it, uh, I don't see how anyone could <laughs> listen to more than a minute, much less the entire hour and three minutes. It's very fitting that the Paul Blart episode is going to be the only one that has really shitty audio. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, on episode two, folks, we have a big treat for you. So, you know, with the whole thing that's been going on and everything, there are no summer blockbusters coming out. They've all been, like, pushed back into, like, November and September and all that. So this is actually a pretty monumentous occasion. Yeah. I can't remember a summer where there weren't any, like, big blockbuster movies coming out. I mean, like... Especially superhero films. Yeah, probably, like, literally since... Jurassic Park was the first like billion dollar movie, mm-hmm. and that was like twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, something like that. So we've like probably had a big movie, like a huge movie that big, probably almost every summer since then. Every yeah. summer as long as I can remember. It's it's unreal that we're not having any. I mean, yeah. today we're gonna watch Scoob. Jesus God, <laughs> we're gonna order that film. So that's really all we got right now, like, which is unfortunate. <laughs> I wish, I wish, like, it seems like companies are only really releasing their stinkers for VOD, yeah. you know, well, or mean, like kids movies, I guess. At the end of the day, everyone knows the best way to experience a film is on the big screen. Yeah. It's the best way. That's science. It's not the same if you experience it on your small television. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, they're just letting go what they can, putting out stuff they thought people really wouldn't be flocking to the theaters to see anyway. Yeah. But like Black Widow for Marvel is going on to november i think and uh wonder woman 1984 is that it i think so uh either way the new wonder woman movie is also being pushed back to the fall which is unfortunate yeah yeah uh what's the news on mulan who cares (laughs) so Um, earlier in this week harry and i were discussing what to do for our second episode yeah i determined hey Let's do a superhero thing, strictly for the fact that there's going to be no superhero movies coming out anytime soon, which is crazy. Yeah. So, you know, of course, the big two um, superpowers, pun intended, for in the film industry for those films is Marvel and DC. So what better way to incorporate our little fun podcast premise <laughs> than having Harry pitch a Marvel movie mm-hmm. for a hero that's never been done before? 
and me pitch a DC movie for a hero that's never been done before. I chose to do DC because I hate myself. Yeah, you really, you really gave yourself the short straw here. Um, hey, this episode's gonna include major spoilers for Thor: The Dark World, Thor: Ragnarok, probably Infinity War, Endgame, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, probably a lot of other Marvel movies. So if you also Justice League. <laughs> Um, Batman v Superman, Green Lantern, and Aquaman, which is pretty okay. So if you don't have, uh, you know, if you don't, haven't seen these movies and you don't want to get them spoiled for you, then I guess watch about 15 movies and come back and listen to it. Uh, (laughs) if you don't care, uh, just just do that marathon real quick. (laughs) All right. And then come back to us. Yeah. I got to rewatch, um, some pretty great movies, mm-hmm. um, some that I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you did too. You watched some great movies that you hadn't seen. Yeah, I watched great movies. Uh, let's see. I watched Green Lantern. <laughs> Big <laughs> to that. Hate that movie. That's, it's the most boring superhero movie on the planet. Let me just tell you, it sucks. It's two hours and 25 minutes of suck. That's what it is. Mm. I, I have notes. Let me bring up my notes real quick, because I gotta talk about this garbage fire. So yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, so let's see. Uh, you don't see adult Hal until 13 minutes into the film. Now, who is Hal for the listeners? Oh, home? sorry, Hal Jordan of the Green Lantern. I'm a big Green Lantern fan. I was actually not terrified to watch this film. I heard it was bad. But I was like, you know, superhero movies, they're silly, they're goofy, whatever. Okay, it's going to be so dumb, I'll laugh at it, it'll be fun. No, I felt every second of the runtime, every single millisecond, because it's the most boring superhero film on the planet. You want to guess how many fights are in it? Oh, two. Two. There are two fights. And guess what? Only one counts as an actual fight, because the other one is just him saving someone. He uses his Green Lantern powers like three times throughout the film. And one of them is a training sequence. Don't you just love watching training sequences? Not in a montage, but as full 20-minute scenes. Isn't that good? God. Don't you like it? It sucks. uh, Basically, to sum up my feelings about Green Lantern, I felt as if I had aged while watching it, and I had to take a nap afterwards because I was exhausted from watching it. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, given the performance of his life as always, I mean, he's such a charismatic guy. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is trying his hardest. I can even sometimes look into his eyes when he's on, when, 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 whenever he's on screen, and I can see his pain. And he's just like, do it for the money. Just, just, just do it for the money. You're going to be big in DC. You're going to be big in DC. You're going to be in the Justice League. Sorry, bud. You're not going to be in the Justice League. You're not in that movie. But that movie sucks, so it's okay. You know? <laughs> Silver linings. <laughs> Got to say there. The second movie I watched was Aquaman. And you know what? okay it's all right you know i'm pretty sure especially after watching justice league that when Zack snyder was talking about is that him was he did, did, did he yes that he one? did yeah, the okay. justice league so. and batman v superman yo know, i watched both of them <laughs> so whenever he was talking about we got to put aquaman in it aquaman's a big joke in the pop culture scene like people yeah. make fun of him non-stop because i mean he looks stupid his powers are stupid whatever 
So they went all out in this one. They were like, nah, man. Aquaman's gonna come, and he's gonna fuck you up. Because <laughs> Jason Momoa's a scary man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it It's just a fun movie. It's got a lot of silly stuff. The CGI for Atlantis... <clears throat> sucks but you know i've seen i've seen some uh clips of like the big fight at the end it looks like a the big fight is a mess. mess it's it's a lot of colors and just bad cgi in my eyes that i was like i had to blink a few times and like rub it out I was like, oh gosh okay that's mm, that's that sucks probably the best thing about it is jason momoa and the way he is just on screen when he's on screen he's a presence but his romance that he has in this film, sucks. It's not earned. Aww. It's just... <clears throat> remember in Thor? Uh, I'm going to bring Marvel into it real quick because you know it's better. Uh, when, and that's my thing. I'd prefer if you didn't. Yeah, in Thor, whenever he's, you know, talking with the girl or whatever and they're flirting or whatever, it's a slow burn. It's not a slow burn here. It's like, he says something like, I'm not going to give that shit because then I'm going to smell like uh, squid. And the lady's just like, well, that'd be an improvement. And you're supposed to be like, ha, ha, but you're not, because it's stupid. Will they, won't they? I, I, I've got to be honest. I was clocking out in, in and out of this film, because it's fun when the action happens, which is a lot. It's a lot more than stupid Green Lantern, but there's a little guitar riff that plays, like, right before Jason Momoa does something cool. Like, the first time it happens, he's walking in, and he gets, like, hit from behind by by some guy. And the guy's like, yeah, we got him! And then Jason Momoa slowly, like, lifts his head up. His hair's flowing back majestically. Oh. You see the hatred in his eyes, and you just hear, and then he goes and he kicks all their asses. And then it repeats that same little guitar riff <laughs> every time he does something. So he's walking. He walks through steam and it goes, and it's slow-mo. Oh, I hope you love slow-mo because it's in all these DC movies. Aww, they love using it. Billions. They use it abundantly. I've already seen Wonder Woman before. I liked it. My thoughts on the film, which a lot of the times get me hate for it, is I hate the ending and I hate the final fight because Wonder Woman dumb. is a hero who for the most part has been like fighting a war. She's fighting humans. Yeah. And it's more like centralized in realism. And I'm like, cool. And then it gets to the very end and it's just like, I'm Ares the God of yeah. War. Yeah. I'm gonna throw big planes at you. Ah. Yeah, it's like, crazy dumb. What? How she fights something that big? I don't even remember. Because she's Wonder Woman and she could do anything. Okay. Does she use her cool braces? She uses her cool braces, yeah, to knock but, people back. <sighs> so I watched that film. And we have Green Lantern out of the way. <laughs> Aquaman. And then I I went into Batman versus Superman. No. <laughs> Those are my thoughts <laughs> on that film. So I've never seen Batman v Superman. Um, I'm really excited to hear sort of what you what your take is you know well my very first thing is ben affleck is a big baby batman sucks in this film let me just sum up all of batman's scenes so the first <laughs> the opening they are driving in the drama over the top you see batman's uh parents get murdered oh you've seen this a billion times yeah and then you cut to uh the end of man of steel when he's fighting zod in the big city and everything's blowing up okay. uh just 
yeah. Bruce Wayne is running through the cities trying to get to a Wayne Court building that he has in Metropolis for some reason. And he's just getting there and he's like, oh, I gotta go. And uh, he's calling his friend who's like in the building. And you see in the shot when he calls him, he's like, hey, Bruce, how's it going? He's very chill. <laughs> and he's like, you, you, you gotta get out of there, man. You gotta go. Get everyone out of the building. And he's just like, okay. And he hangs up the <laughs> And in the background, you just see Superman flying around. This alien spaceship is just shooting lasers and explosions everywhere. Everyone's panicking. This office building is just running, I guess, as normal. And the guy's like, okay, everybody, we gotta get out. Mr. Wayne wants us to leave. That's what we're gonna do. And he's getting everyone out, I guess. But then it, the next time it cuts back is Superman does like a big laser shoot out of his eyes and it goes up the building and it's causing everything to explode. And you just see the guy who's who Bruce, who Bruce was, uh, was talking to before, and he's looking out the window, and then he just stops evacuating, and he just starts watching Superman fight. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like what? What are you doing? And he's just like, oh. And then he just goes, huh. Oh, my Lord and Savior, please, please, uh, please protect my soul. And then the building explodes, and he dies. And wow. yeah, Bruce Wayne wow. just like, no, you cut my friend. But his friend was stupid. His friend was an idiot. His friend was like, okay, Bruce, I can everybody out of the building. Let's go, everybody. Woohoo. Yeah, no, he sucks. So Bruce Wayne's of the whole movie hates Superman and he's really mad and he's trying to find him. Alfred is the smartest character in this film. Uh, but huh. here, I'm, I'm going to basically sum up all of Alfred and Batman's scenes because it goes something like this. Hello, Master Wayne. What are you up to today? I've got to go find Superman. I'm going to kill him. Kill my friends. I've got to stop him. Hey, Mr. Wayne, um, don't you think that maybe you should um, not do that? Because maybe he's, you know, a hero. Maybe he was just misunderstood. Maybe you should talk to him. No, he killed everybody. I've got to kill him. I'm going to find that Kryptonian rap, and I'm going to murder that guy. Uh, Mr. Wayne, what if you don't? Um, like, that's probably a bad idea. What if there's a big threat that you two could, like, you know, work together? What if you work together to, you know, better mankind? No, he's, he's a terrible, he's a monster. He's terrible. Uh, I'm, gonna, okay. I'm gonna kill him. And that's it. That's really it. That's really all he does through the whole film. Uh, Batman has a lot of good lines in this film. Like, when you see Superman, and he just goes, Do you bleed? And then Superman just flies away without answering him. And he just, alone, by himself, goes, You will. You will. Yeah, so that's basically my thoughts on most of the DC movies. <clears throat> Justice League I'll leave really short. Um to go back actually go back into Batman to Batman V yeah, Superman. Yeah. Talk about Lex. Tell me about Lex. Oh, I hate Lex. <laughs> Tell me about Lex in this Jesse film. Eisenberg's a good actor. I like him a lot. He sucks in this film. <sighs> Literally all he does is act weird. He's just a weird dude. He's just like, hey, everybody, have you ever wondered uh, what it's like for ants if they look up at humans and they see how big we are? And they're like, oh, whoa. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and he's just like, I'm like, wait, what do you mean? And then he, there's there's a scene where he forcibly feeds a Jolly Rancher to a man, which is really weird. He says stuff like, you can't stop the bells. The bells are chiming. The bells are chiming. And you're like, hey, can can you talk normally for a second? He just doesn't look right. And his whole motivation is, my dad hit me, now I'm mad. That's it? Really? That's all you got? I'm just like, superheroes have had really tragic pasts, and I'm like, yeah, being abused by dad, it sucks, it's horrible. I don't think it makes you want to be a mass murderer, though. And his motivations are really unclear, though, of what he wants to do. 
because okay. he, he brings to life uh he brings back zod's dead body and morphs it into uh, abomination which is a giant uh hell creature out of a uh, doom and wow. oh yeah it's crazy okay well i love doom and the creature's sole purpose is just to like kill and destroy and so i don't really know what he was going for because yeah. if it ended up killing superman and batman then it would have just kept rampaging around the city you know yeah. and yeah. jesse eisenberg wouldn't have been able to stop it yeah yeah if superman can't then who can so you know? i'm not really Does sure what was going up? on what does wonder woman show up in this yeah one? she shows she up shows she up she shows up in segments throughout the film oh. and then at the very end okay. at the very big fight she comes in and saves batman and everything but hmm. you know how marvel uh tease the avengers and that team up uh by one giving almost every hero in that team their own movie and yeah. then the end credit sequences in Marvel films where yeah. it just shows like, okay, Fury is building a team and everything. Yeah, they do it all in one scene in Batman v Superman. Because, you know, DC <laughs> was eager to get to that moneymaker, which huh, we know how that turned out. And so there's a scene where Batman sends Wonder Woman like a file on a computer and it's got on it, it's got logos of all the superheroes. So it's got Flash's logo, Aquaman's logo. Uh, Cyborg's logo, you know, from Teen Titans Why that everybody have loves. Logos? It's just like a thing to organize the files to oh, for, okay. for all the fans to be like, I know what that is. Oh, okay. And so gotcha, gotcha. she like clicks on them all, and it shows like different videos. Sometimes it's like their origin story. Sometimes it's just them caught on camera doing things. Like Aquaman's is just some diver literally filming him, and he just like punches him. <laughs> it's like really weird. But that's it for like setup, and you're like, oh, they're finding more superhumans and they're gonna form a team yeah no in uh batman v superman you don't really get a chance to know any of them they all suck mostly batman didn't really have his own film he had batman v superman and that's it yeah superman had man of steel so you know him a little bit more but he doesn't come in until the last third wonder woman had her own film she's definitely the most grounded and well-rounded character of them all and then you have cyborg and flash who uh you know both didn't have anything flash had his own series but it's not the same flash and then, of course, the aquaman guy. didn't have his movie yet so this came out before so you have three characters who you've never met before who are you know on the screen all the time and you just have to shoehorn them at you it's almost like <laughs> Zack snyder has a big dc hero gun and he's like <laughs> all right target sighted here we go and fire flash at him okay oh okay that's pretty cool all right here comes cyborg oh, oh okay oh man Okay. Oh, hey guys, can we please slow down? I gotta get to know these characters. Here comes Aquaman. Cool. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Okay. We got them all. That's all the heroes. Is, is that everybody? Yep. That's everybody. Until we bring Superman in the last third. Okay. Cool. That's that's great. Who are these people? Don't worry about it. The Flash just makes jokes. He's really funny. He's a funny dude. He's is a it? funny guy. And Batman's just like, you guys stop making so many jokes. He's like, hey, I make jokes. I'm really fast. <laughs> Am I cool? <laughs> no you're not cool you is, suck aquaman doesn't do anything really throughout the film he's just there to look cool he is a good looking man that's it i mean are J there any, jason momoa is a god hey don are there any good parts to these movies some of the action's kind of fun other than that no <clears throat> you know how in marvel they have heroes that are really well liked and fun and yeah have good dynamics mm -hmm. oh but, i know yeah, I know you do. It's not here. So to sum up everything about DC, yeah, DC, you got to chill your jets. Marvel built up something over years. Years. 
and you want to earn that, you got to earn it. You can't just throw it at us. It's the same thing as like Spider-Man 3, you know, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3. Too many too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Well, there's way too many cooks in this <laughs> kitchen, guys. Yeah. Way too many. Yeah, it seems to me the problem with like um I've only seen a couple of these movies. Uh-huh. Um it seems to work best with the people that are the least super. Yep. You know, like Wonder I saw Wonder Woman, I liked it quite a bit. Um uh, I mean, all the Batman, like the original Batman movie, mm-hmm. or the Chris Nolan Batmans mm-hmm. are, like, great. Mm-hmm. And, but, like, all of DC movies have this, like, really serious, darker tone that just does not mix well with, like, f- Cyborg, you yeah. know? Like... Well, t- to be fair, like, the Justice League doesn't really have, a like, a dark tone to it at all. Batman v Superman is really the only film that has, like, a huge, huge dark tone. Seems miserable. It's terrible. It would be cool <laughs> if it had action. The yeah. Dark Knight is cool. Yeah, it's dark, it's depressing, it's gritty, but it's fun because there's lots of cool action. There's not a lot of cool action in this film, Perry. It's just boring. I'm really sorry. Yeah, it sucked. So yeah, that's me on DC. <laughs> big big feels about there. Perry, tell me about Marvel. Uh Marvel's great. That's about it. Yeah, that's really that's, that's really it. about it. Um, yeah, for mine, my homework, I watched uh, Thor: Dark World, which I'd never seen. Uh, I watched um, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. I watched uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. and I watched uh, Thor: Ragnarok. Um, you watched all good ones at one and one. Yeah, I started with Thor: Dark World because I've heard everyone, you know, it's the laughing stock of those movies it's very dumb um people have shat on it to people have talked to me about how dumb and bad it is for years so my expectations were really really low going in and like honestly it's dumb like it's really dumb yeah it's really really dumb the plot is but it's like fine it's like still fun like it's still a fun movie yeah um like the action scenes are all great. Like the set pieces, like um, Asgard feels very. It feels much more realized than mm-hmm. in the first movie because you don't spend much time in Asgard mm-hmm. in Thor one, um, and you don't get to see a lot of it. You get to see a lot more of it in this. It looks great. Um, you you know you get to go to a lot of like different planets. You get to see a lot of set pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the Thor Dark World's um, premise is one of the six Infinity Stones is really like a fog, and it was like stored away, and Natalie Portman walks into like an old factory and finds it, and then it brings back, <laughs> it brings back a bunch of Dark Elves that were, I guess, asleep until the ether was found. Uh, they go, they kill, they, they, they kill Thor's mom, and then Thor gets all pissed off. And Natalie Portman eats the ether, and it's killing her from the inside. And then the one of the dark elves sucks it out of her, and he creates a big D and D monster that's really good at fighting things to fight Thor, and he's really good. Um, and then Thor's like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, so he hits everyone with his hammer really hard, and then he wins. For those of you at home, because you can't see me. I'm just scowling. 
Yeah. I hate this plot. Yeah, it's dumb. But, like, it's still fun. Like, all the fights involving everything are really fun. Especially the one at the end Mm -hmm. where, like, Natalie... (laughs) Like, so it's... There's... This is all happening during a time there's, like, an intergalactic convergence. Like, every planet in the universe is basically lining up in some way. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the borders between worlds, like, different dimensions are getting blurred. And so crazy, like, you can, like, walk through, you know, a space in the air and wind up in another planet. Hmm. And so Natalie Portman says the line, the laws of physics are about to go out the window. And so that tells the audience, oh, this is going to be wild. You know, they're, like, punching each other. It's a lot like the end of a Sonic movie, you know? It's a lot like the end of Sonic the Hedgehog with the rings. Yeah. Okay, so Thor Dark World But better. Has a final sequence similar to Sonic. <laughs> well, that's lame because Sonic is just running. Thor is doing this, but mm-hmm. he's like going to different planets. There's like cars flying through interdimensional rifts, okay. smashing people. Like gravity is turned off in some places, so shit's mm-hmm. just floating around. It's really crazy, really fun. And so even though I'm like, I don't know what's going on, this is fun to look at. Whatever. Probably I'm not gonna watch it again, but like I don't regret Why watching would it. You? Next was I watched Thor Ragnarok. Originally, I wanted to do like a Thor case study. I wanted to watch all three. Thor Ragnarok. I've is seen it. A fantastic. It's film. this is probably the fourth or fifth time that I've watched it in its entirety. It doesn't um, get old. It doesn't get old. Um, very funny. Taika Waititi. Thor. Chris Hemsworth is a great. Well, he's one a great actor. He's great as a villain. If you've seen him in uh, mm-hmm. Bad Times at the El Royale. Yep. Uh, he's great as a villain, but he's a a tremendous comedic actor like he's great his comedic timing is fantastic yeah, and they finally leaned into it in thor ragnarok and it Except just for when he was in ghostbusters <sighs> we don't talk about that we're not going to talk about that's not his fault it's a script yeah it's not his fault that's for next week um no it's not <laughs> I've never watched but like yet. they finally leaned into how funny thor is like all the marvel movies generally it seems like the genre of comedy is like kind of dead <laughs> Like, there aren't, like, many, like, straight-up comedies that come out. And I feel like most years, or for, like, the last few years, the funniest movies are generally the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. And they finally, they didn't really do that much for the first two Thor movies. But they did it for Thor Ragnarok. They leaned into it, and it's phenomenal. Like, Thor's great. All the Thor's relationship with his brother, Loki, is, like, definitely the most interesting parts yeah. of those movies, the dynamic that they have. They're great at playing off each other. It's also very unique to see, one, a superhero film that has a guy who was the main villain in The Avengers. The <laughs> yeah. main guy. Yeah. The guy who they all wanted to kill, who's now buddy-buddy with Thor. Yeah. Like, their brotherly bond is still there, which is really powerful, and yeah. it makes, you know, like, a more interesting relationship which i always thought was so cool yeah um and like yeah mark ruffalo's in it as hulk Mm -hmm. he's great the action's phenomenal the fight between uh thor and hulk in the arena is great that shit rules so it rules school and then they fight hilda and the fucking immigrant song plays Thor Ragnarok slaps, it slaps. Dude. It's great. The only thing I have to say about it has nothing to do with the actual film. It has to do with the marketing. If I was the marketing team, I get why they did it. Because Thor 2 wasn't great. They they needed to fill those 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 seats, baby. Yeah. So they had to show something to get people in there. And Thor and Hulk together fighting was like, whoa, what's that? But it would have been really cool to not know that going yeah. in. 
and yeah. then hear about this champion and then you know <sighs> turns around and there's the hulk i would have lost my shit in yeah. the theater yeah i would have been going wild you would have reacted like chris hemsworth yeah, did like, <laughs> what <my> guy <laughs> oh my God. we work together it's great chris hemsworth god He's so good. and like yeah um the main villain the villainess is great Yep. Uh, Hilda. Jeff Goldblum knocks it out of the park. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum's great. Um, plot of Thor three, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Thor goes back to Asgard. Uh, finds out that Loki put their dad in a retirement home on her. It's <laughs> like so go back, and then he's like, "By the way, your sister's coming back." And they're like, "What?" And then their sister comes back, and she fucking kicks their asses and sends them to a garbage planet ruled by Jeff Goldblum and he makes them fight like in an arena. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Hilda is just kick- she's taking over Asgard and then Thor and Loki uh, eventually work together, um, escape from Jeff Goldblum's house. There's a great big fight. Um, they unleash a monster. They realize they can't beat Hilda mm-hmm. and so they unleash a monster and it destroys Asgard. Hulk tries to punch it, so that's great. Uh, and then Hilda dies. It's great. Now, uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, um, the least superhero-y out of the movies that I saw. Feels like a Bourne movie. It's a Bourne movie. It's a Bourne movie. And guess so what? Good. The Bourne movies rule. Captain America rules. Put them together. You've got a great like crime action mm-hmm mystery going on there's There's a nazi scientist whose head is a computer now it's great there's always something really interesting about watching a film where someone is on the run and always like anxious and looking out because it just you feel that tension like every time you see the character like oh yeah how how are they going to get out of this one it's superb yeah nick fury the head of shield uh gets uh killed by an assassin named the winter soldier but right before he died he gave captain america a usb drive and then he's like on the run with black widow uh they (laughs) decode the flash drive in an apple store and then go to uh like a base where there's a nazi scientist has put his consciousness into like a computer system yeah and he's made like an algorithm it's got it's wild he's made an algorithm that basically can look at someone's family history and like criminal history and stuff and basically analyze them and determine whether or not they'll be a criminal and shield is going to use big big airships with big guns on them and target every person in america or in the planet that this algorithm says is going to do crime and it's going to kill them from the sky and um yeah that's where that movie ends it was man, great. Man, as I'm listening to you like explain these plots, I'm realizing that you're so chill and having a good time just relaying mm-hmm. the cool plots. I'm angry. <laughs> My whole time I was talking about all the films, you I'm were just angry. Yeah, you were miserable. Because it sucks. I yeah. paid $4 to watch Batman vs. Oh Superman. Oh my god. And it's not worth it. <laughs> That's four beefy Fritos burritos. Oh my at Taco god! Bell. Terrible. Not worth. Not a good exchange. Um, last but not least, Guardians of the Galaxy. Wanted to see like an ensemble movie. Get a taste of that. It's great. I mean, it's so much fun. Uh, James Gunn did a great job with the script. Every character has like 
moments to shine the jokes pretty much all land mm-hmm. um drax's taking everything literally joke isn't just beaten to death like it is in the second movie um <laughs> <laughs> like rocket's good groot's great um and gamora the daughter of thanos who's the main villain and sort of like this uh you know a slow burn a slow really burn, building yeah. up that villain oh by the way if, if y'all wanted to know who the villain was in uh stupid justice League, yeah who is uh, it? don't worry about it his name is steppenwolf so that's fun <laughs> his name is steppenwolf you know the band the whole band is coming born after him. To be wild. Born to be wild is gonna be playing over our hey, graves. Hey, did they play that song in the movie? No. God damn even... it. Yeah. Okay. So Steppenwolf is a CGI alien boy who's just like, I'm gonna come kill all the humans, and you're like, who the fuck are you? When he shows up, I'm just like, wait, who the who the hell is this guy? And in Marvel, you see Thanos yeah. in multiple movies yeah. at the end of scenes. He's always behind the scenes manipulating everything. Yeah. Then you got fucking Steppenwolf. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, man, you know, I don't think I even need to talk about the fucking plot of Guardians of the Galaxy. No. There's an orb. They get the orb. It has an infinity stone in it. They play a lot of cool 80s songs. They play a lot of great, great soundtrack. Um, a trend that has been copied how many times by now? Yeah, um, multiple. But it works in that movie because there's a reason for it. Like, it's uh, Peter. It's great. That's why uh-huh. it works so well. It's like Peter Quill was um, kidnapped from Earth by mm-hmm. space scavengers. Mm-hmm. And when he was kidnapped, he had a, a like a Walkman with a cassette tape that his mom made him. That was like the pop hits at the time. And so he's listening to these songs throughout the movie because that's like the only thing left he has of his mom. And it works. There's like an emotional connection between that character and the soundtrack that we're hearing. It's not just using the music for the fact that, oh, people are going to like it. No, it actually has meaning in the film, which is so cool. Yeah, it's great. I mean, that's what's like the characters and the relationships between the characters in that Mm -hmm. movie and the friendships that they build. They're all really like dysfunctional, broken people. But they find, you know, they eventually, like, grow this camaraderie and have, like, really sweet moments. Like, the moment at the end, like, at the end, the Infinity Stone basically falls out of a weapon that Mm -hmm. the main bad guy's wielding. And uh, Peter Quill grabs it. But when, like, a mortal, when, like, a normal being grabs the stone, their, like, bodies are overwhelmed and basically explode. And so he grabs it and he's dying. But all the other Guardians grasp hands and, like, share the burden together. And they're able to, like, harness that power. And they unleash it onto the villain. And just for some reason, like, it's after Rocket's lost Groot. And so the moment of them, like, coming together is, like, it's really powerful. It works It works really, really well. And then they <laughs> blast him. And that rules school. That's really cool. God, um, Guardians is so good. Going back to the, to the music thing real quick. Uh, the only film I've really seen use a whole bunch of, like, music in a stylized way and actually do it right is baby driver because it has a purpose because he's listening to the music the whole time he does all of the um you know getaway all the getaway sequences yeah which if you haven't seen baby driver you need to go watch it right now because it's really good really good looking at a poster right now now to give my one thing on guardians of the galaxy is it's a movie so good that when i saw it i don't know if i've ever told you this harry but I saw Guardians of the Galaxy literally the day after my girlfriend, the sophomore year of college, broke up with me. 
like go go going into sophomore year of college she broke up with me in a bad way mm. like she called me over the phone and was just like yeah i don't ever want to see you again and i was just like okay oh, God. my heart <laughs> is dead and my older brother wanted to go see guardians of the galaxy really bad my older brother has autism and asperger's so he can't drive himself right now so even though i'm the younger brother i kind of had to step up and be the older brother and i knew that he wanted to go see the movie so i was like fine i'll take you so we went we went to go see the movie and i cried at the end because i realized that i was so happy and a film made me so happy even though i went through this huge breakup and this huge heart heartache that i was going through but this one film made me feel so much joy and that's the beauty of filmmaking, folks. God, I love movies. Movies dude. are rad. Movies, I love them. Movies rule. Oh, they're so cool. God. Gosh. Except DC God. movies will suck. God, movies are good. Marvel. God. Fucking God. Marvel's so great. I love Marvel. It's so good. Yeah. Let's give a hand. It, let's give a hand to Marvel. Really, just well done. Yeah. Well done. Bravo. Yeah. And so let's sum up uh, everything we learned today. Uh, DC, big two thumbs down. Not liking it. They need to get better. It seems like with Wonder Woman 1984, they're going in the right direction. It's more stylized. Definitely has a lot of Thor Ragnarok feel to it. The trailer was pretty cool. Yeah. I'm I'm into it. You with Marvel. Um. So I guess my end thoughts. Yeah, this is pretty good. We're doing great on time. Um. We have a lot to edit. Gonna have a lot to edit. Um. <laughs> Uh, just Marvel movies know how to make fun. They have a formula that works. Like, yeah. there's always good jokes. Every movie is well cast, except for Captain Marvel. But nine, 99 out of 100 times, Marvel hits it out of the park. I mean, I agree. Marvel is something that you're able to easily come back to time and time again. Even put it on just to show friends, just to hang out, have something on in the background, whatever. Yeah. DC's not that way. DC just unfortunately is not that way. No. They're too... One, they take themselves too seriously. Especially, yep. I mean, Batman. The Dark Knight's still a fun movie. But I can't include it in, like, this more <laughs> recent DC world because yeah. it's a different Batman. They, they yeah. switched it up. They did Christopher Nolan stuff. It was really good. But I have to include it separately. I have to. There's no other way around it. Marvel consistently bleeds into the next like generation going in from watching iron man into watching spider-man homecoming you see it's just like a straight timeline that yeah. goes through dc's like a crazy straw going yeah. up all <laughs> over the place sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad but mostly they just need to learn to chill yep but maybe dalton uh you can show them the way forward oh i got the way uh, baby after. i got the new dc film that's gonna get all the kids in the seats yeah, and so and Marvel's also at a juncture, you know? Yep. Just finished a huge, huge chapter. They got to find out what they're going to do going forward because they're not yeah. done yet. I mean, there's. Um, Where do you go after your, after God. Endgame? Well, we are about to find out hey. after this break. Woo! Well, welcome back to our very, very, very short break. Uh, we have our guest with us now. Uh, that is our friend Devin. Say hi, Devin. Hello, how are we? 
What's everyone doing? Oh, what a class. Class for Devin. Uh-huh. That's for coming on the podcast. Thank, thank you so much. Thank Devin. you for coming on the cast. And uh, thank you love for, you, buddy. Thank you for flying me out here. Yeah. It's been great. <laughs> yeah, we're in the hills right now. Um, yeah, we managed to fit this in while we were watching... Uh, or sorry, while we're overseeing Paul Blart three, we managed to like fit time in to film this episode. Sure. Um, How's Kevin James been? He's he's good. He's the worst. Good. He's the absolute worst, man. I love him. He's so pa- He's power crazy. It's completely wow. driven and mad. You wouldn't I, believe it. it. I wonder when in King of Queens that happened. Oh man, it's nine um, seasons. I'm wondering when. Um. Yeah. <laughs> One time I I, I, I questioned a, a choice he made for mm. a take, mm-hmm. and he told me he'd get me in my dreams. Mm. <laughs> and so I haven't really slept since. He's Freddy Krueger. Because I, I don't necessarily believe him, but I don't want to test him. So One, I'm gonna wait till two, I Kevin's get. coming for you. <laughs> He's going to come in your dreams, and you're going to fight him in like Nightmare on Elm Street. You're going like to grab him by the face and wake up, and the little mustache is going to be in your hand when you wake up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you rip off his badge. There's a duck on it. <laughs> a duck. Um, Has anyone ever seen a real life mall cop? I don't think I have. No, I have. Really? At I'm the not. family, yeah. Where are they I'm like? Where? I mean, they just walk around. They they dress exactly like Paul Blart. They do not. They do not ride segways. <sighs> at least at the. I wonder the, if they did before the they movie. They have mall in Lexington, Kentucky. Do you think they did before the movie? I don't think so. Hmm. I think I think you have to have a pretty big budget to get segways for every employee because those things are expensive. But anyway, so we have you on here, hmm. and I think we told you before. But basically, I'm gonna pitch a DC movie to you. Harry's gonna pitch a Marvel movie to you, and you're gonna tell us which movie you'd like to greenlight slash see slash make. Basically, which idea is better. See, that's, it's so interesting because you would think that you're automatically at a disadvantage because it's DC and their movies are typically really, really bad. Yeah, we've covered But they've that. also produced probably the greatest comic book movie. Which is what? Dark Knight. Dark Knight, yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. maybe there, you'll have a gem, but, like, Marvel's kind of so consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, real quick, I guess, yeah, you're a, you're a guest. What's sort of your, um, give us your background on these films. Like, what are you, what are you thinking about? Uh, the DC Marvel camp, you know, what's your, been your experience? Well, I think it's safe to say that I'm probably the most qualified person for you to bring on in this episode because Perfect. I'm very middle of the road fan of these things. <laughs> Perfect. So no biases over here. Right. Right? Okay. Right. Good. Yeah. So, uh, I, know, I, can... I know you and your like dad are big into like comics, mm-hmm. like actual comics, so mm-hmm. you, which is something like I've never like, I don't know if you have, I think you've, I've read in comics, yeah. yeah I, I've Several never times. really read much as far as the actual comics go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, free comic day is like a top five holiday of the year for me. <laughs> nice. Unfortunately, it was hit by the COVID pandemic. So, oh, damn it. Oh. Nothing is sacred. No, not even the comics. But yeah, um, comics are huge to my dad, and so I was just always kind of around them, and he would talk to me about them. And, yeah. But yeah, I've loved comic movies since I was little. I remember seeing Spider-Man in theaters when it came out in 02, Sam Raimi. And yeah. yeah. Was, Game yeah, changer. So same game changer also has a as a superhero other than like in game ever gotten beat up as bad as spider-man in that same movie spider-man one 
I don't think so. I don't know. Man, Spider-Man Man, gets whipped Thor around. gets it at the end of Endgame. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Thanos what? really lays he into gets, him. His chest gets cut he's up a little bit. He's also a Norse god, though. He, but yeah, exactly. And he's still bleeding. He does get it. It's just <laughs> like, like yeah, Thor. Yeah, Thanos almost kills him yeah. with the man. Talk about Marvel's great at like hype moments. Yeah, they are. When fucking Cap grabs Mjolnir, mm-hmm. my brain oh, shattered. <laughs> like, Incredible. The moment. critical part of my mind just shut off. Like normally, the yeah. So the the I guess the biggest problem I have with Marvel movies, particularly the Avengers films. They always end in just these big fights mm-hmm. where they're fighting hundreds or thousands of nameless, faceless drones, basically. <laughs> yeah. That means nothing. And at that point, I'm just basically, they're cannon fodder. Yes. And I'm just basically waiting for the movie to end. Sure. Like, the one-on-one fights are way more interesting. Oh, yeah. That's the, um, the really intimate fight scene of... Uh, Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America versus Thanos. Oh my God! Is yeah, great. yeah, that's really that good. rules. And the last Infinity War and Endgame both did okay. Infinity War was better because like of the savagery of those aliens, just like throwing themselves into mm-hmm. this laser wall mm-hmm. until it broke. Yeah, like just how like mindless and ferocious they were kind of made it a little better. Infinity War had so many great cinematic moments. Yeah, and. Endgame just worked because Cap wielding Mjolnir broke my brain and turned me into a child. And so I just wanted to start clapping both hands Mm -hmm. when all the portals started opening up. Everyone in the theaters just (laughs) got a little bit of a a, a dick twitch. Yeah, everyone was at half mast. (laughs) No, it was. I I love in that fight when Thor throws Mjolnir at. Thanos, and he just picks Iron Man up and uses him to deflect it. <laughs> <It's good. laughs> I'm just like, oh wow. But yeah, and when when fucking Cap uses it though, it's awesome. God, like dual wielding with it, he like throws the shield behind him oh, and then throws the hammer awesome. at the shield, and the sound wave stumbles Thanos. It's pretty awesome. good. And then he fucking uppercuts him with it, mm-hmm. dude. I'm getting fucking riled just thinking about it dude, dude the moment that caps the shields broken and his guys are down and he's alone and he just stands up and straps the shield up okay. echoing back to that origin story where he got up in the alleyway as a little oh guy oh my god yeah. i could do so this good. all day so good Fuck. Mm. man i think all of us could talk about how great more marvel films are all day yeah but yeah, we yeah, do yeah, gotta yeah. get we to do one. gotta get <laughs> we gotta let's this can't get be a three-hour podcast so yeah let's get to <laughs> Remember when we got really hyped during Justice League? Yeah, remember I was really hyped at Justice League when Batman goes, We gotta stop Stephen Wolf. <laughs> we gotta stop the, the, the band. I'm born to be wild. No! I thought, I thought Ben Affleck was in the room for a second. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, so I think, oh, I mean, let's be honest. I'm going to go ahead and pitch first, because as they say, save the best for last. Marvel is ahead of the game on this yeah. point. Do we want to? Do we even want to talk about the outline, or does it even matter? No, the outline doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, we have your basic points, you would think. Now, the first thing I'm going to start with is I'm going to send you all a picture. Okay. Ooh, okay. okay. That's fine. And I'm going to send you all a picture out of my folder, which is called Take Fun. And... I'm going to send it, and this is my hero, who I have determined 
to use for the next DC film. Little background. I took a class in high school called U.S. History Through Graphic Novels. Hmm. It was a rad class. That is pretty cool. Loved it. We read a comic book that has always stuck with me since I was a wee teen. And it's just called The Golden Age. DC, The Golden Age. And the plot of this comic book is basically a whole bunch of DC characters from The Golden Age are in it. I briefly touched on how Green Lantern from The Golden Age, uh, his weakness was wood, which is dumb. There's a lot of things like that. There's a cool guy called Our Man who takes a pill, which turns him into a superhero, but it only works for an hour. And so that kind of dives into he gets addicted to the drug and he can't live without it. So he keeps taking it, which is, you know, an interesting way to take a superhero at. Much more gritty and dark than normal, but that's DC's way. You got people like Martian Manhunters in there. You've got Superman, Wonder Woman, all that jazz. But... The main plot is that this guy, I forget what his hero name was before, is basically told, hey, we're going to make you into the world's first, like, ultimate superhuman. And he's like, dude, that's awesome. He's already got superpowers, but they're going to make him better. And so you see through the comic that as this guy, he's more powerful, he's great, but he, like, starts going crazy. Like, I'm not kidding, in one, in, in, in one of the panels, you see him snorting coke. And you're like, whoa, what's going on there? You see him fighting a villain, and he just punches the guy's face in and kills him. What do you want to know the big twist? Mm, yeah. The big twist of the film <clears throat> is that the organization behind making this new hero cut out the guy's brain and replaced it with the brain of Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> that's the premise baby oh man so yeah with a plot like that where could you go wrong well you know that may be stupid and i audibly said as we were like reading through it in class i was like well that's just dumb (laughs) my my uh teacher in high school he looked at me and he goes yes it is dumb but superheroes are dumb it's like you know that's fair that's very fair so that plot stuck with me but more than anything one superhero who's featured in that comic book strip not for long but he's in there is one who stayed near and dear to my heart and it's time for you all to experience the red bee so please check your phones and i've sent you a picture of who the red bee is I like the second picture. <laughs> oh, this is the there red he is. Are those sleeves? Oh yeah, those he has pink puffy, puffy sleeves. sleeves. Yeah. His costume consists of red and yellow tights with blue boots, like candy cane. Oh yeah, like candy tights. cane striped. He's got like a red vest, armor plate thing, and then he's got puffy pink sleeves mm-hmm. with sleeves it, really good. and like a little red burglar's mask. The sleeves are by far the best part of that attire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Although yeah. I really like the way the striped leggings take... Like, <laughs> they really bring out the thickness in his thighs. <laughs> the Red Bee is a superhero, and his powers are literally... He's very good at fighting. He's a good fighty boy. He okay. can punch and he can kick really well. He has in his arsenal... Yeah. He has a stinger gun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where it shoots little bee stingers at you. Okay. That's pretty so that's so that's how he fights guys um 
But his biggest weapon of all is in his belt buckle, which is like a compartment. He opens it up, and that's where his pet bee, Michael, lives. And his pet bee, Michael, is a super bee who is engineered to, one, live way longer than regular bees. Because regular bees only live for an average of his like six weeks. His name is Michael? Yeah, his name's Michael. He actually has a name. His name is Michael. Yes. The bee's name is Michael. Okay. Now, he has mul- multiple bees who are super bees like this. They're mm-hmm. able to sting and not die. Are they all named Michael? No. There's only one named Michael, and it's his favorite. <laughs> Does anything ever happen to Michael? No, Michael lives, man. Oh, Michael's always That's good. good. He's always kicking. I care more about Michael than I do. Yeah. But basically, he uses Michael and the other bees as like, a, as like distractions and stuff, so he can just beat the crap out of anybody. So he's fighting boys. They're getting stung left and right. They're like, hey, what the hell? And then he just punches him in the face and like knocks him out. Now, I'm going to read to you my basic plot of the movie I have laid out for yeah. the Red Bees. Yeah. <clears throat> so here it comes. Rick Raleigh is a mild-mannered assistant to the district attorney. After being forced to watch criminals get off scot-free due to many technicalities and flawed legal system, he dons the he dons red and yellow tights to become the Red Bee, a crime-fighting vigilante whose sole motivation is to skip the middleman and just take out the bad guys who deserve it. He fights alongside his partner Michael, a genetically altered super bee, and when the Nazi regime unveils their newest super weapon in the form of the juggernaut Baron Blitzkrieg, Ooh. the only one who can stop the German army from ending the war for the worse is a certain striped hero. So, the Red Bee came out in the 1940s during World War II. Uh, All of his, like, comic books had something to do with fighting Nazis. Okay. He's very well known for beating up Nazis. Now, I do have uh, a fun thing is that Rick Raleigh, a.k.a. the Red Bee, doesn't really have an origin story. He was kind of made up really quick, and he didn't catch on with people, so his appearance is very (sighs) short-lived. So they never really wrote him an origin story. So I did. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Here it comes. So this is the origin of Rick Raleigh and his B. Michael. (laughs) Rick Raleigh was raised in the countryside of Oregon and loved spending time with his pa. He spent his time doing farm work and helping take care of his pa's bee farm. He loved harvesting the honey from the bees, and his paw showed him the best ways to do it. But sadly, his paw died when a huge fire struck the farm. The only survivors of the fire were Rick and Michael the Bee, whom Rick was able to rescue. Rick's paw had the fun hobby of studying genetic mutation in his lab, located conveniently within the barn. It was filled with so many chemicals, and it just so happened to be in the same barn where the bee colony lived. So when the fire broke out, the chemicals went everywhere, and Michael was exposed to them. When he fell in a vat of chemicals as he was trying to fly away, it caused him to mutate into the super bee. (laughs) He grew like a few centimeters and no longer dies whenever he stings someone. He also now lives for decades instead of mere weeks. Rick learned that the fire was actually an arson and hoped that the criminals behind it would get locked up for good. But the justice system is flawed, so they were able to get off based on a technicality. This enraged Rick to the point where he decided to dedicate his life to becoming an assistant to the district attorney, hoping that he would be able (laughs) 
hoping that he would be able to stop terrible things like this from ever happening again. Little did he know that the corruption went a little deeper than he expected. And so, in order to fully dish out justice, Rick Raleigh donned his persona as the Red Bee and takes out the bad guys. Now, uh, going into the villain type thing, uh, basically, the Nazis have developed a super formula to engineer a man to become Baron Blitzkrieg, who is an unstoppable one-man army, and he's single-handedly taking out all of the good guys. Okay. So it's up to the Red Bee to stop him. Yeah, what do you got, Harry? Um, just so... Yep. I mean, sorry, you've covered a lot of ground. So his life goal is to yep. become a, an assistant to the district attorney. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to fight the bad guys, not serve coffee to the people getting them off. <laughs> okay. He's got so, small dreams. So the art, who do we know who the who are the arsonists? Like who burned down? So we don't know. They burned down the barn of. Yep. Well, you said we know they got off scot free. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, like they're, they're they're not important in the overall story. This is like the opening sequence. Okay. Oh, by the way, DC films love to show their characters as kids. They love it. Okay. It's in every DC film. So. We're doing this. Okay. We're showing uh, the sure. Red Bee. He's sure. as a kid. He's growing up. Yes. Is there like a dis- so my question is or is there like a distinctive feature to Michael that he was able to like you know, distinguish mm. him among all the other bees in that farm? Because he saved Michael on yes. purpose. He has a small white dot on his back. That would be so hard to pinpoint. <laughs> that he saw a fire. <laughs> but he knows no, him. No, no, no. He saved him from the chemicals. He saw him like struggling in the chemical vat, and he was like, "Michael, no!" <laughs> and he saved him. Because I assume the other bees could just fly away. We're dealing with strong logic here, folks. Okay. So we got Super Bee. Okay, we got Baron Blitzkrieg who's coming so is, at him. So is he like a super? So is he like a genetically engineered? Like, sort of cap, cap, in, oh, yeah. cap, in, cap in America. So now we're going to uh, get into my casting. Okay? Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited. So we have casting as part of this. Is Michael a real bee or CGI? We're going to have to train a bee. Michael's going to have to be CGI. There's no way. There's no way we're going to do this. <laughs> no, I think, I agree with Devin. I think we should train a bee. I mean, I'd love to do a real bee, but I don't think it's going to be possible. I just, I don't agree with taking jobs away from potential actors. So uh, I need you all to look at the picture of Red Bee again. Okay. Okay. The man who is going to play Rick Raleigh the Red Bee. <laughs> that sounds like a fucking, like, children's TV show character. I imagine DC tweeting that out and people just sitting, waiting to figure out who it's going to be. <gasps> it's going to be Rick. The guy we've got to play the main man himself Okay, is John Cusack. Wow, that is choice. Yep. Wow. How old is how old is he? I'm pretty old, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's yeah, he's like in his fifties. Yep. He's like my dad's age. Cool. Well that's who's gonna play him. <laughs> I'm just imagining a middle aged man and his only relationship is a, a bee named Michael. And it's actually quite sweet. Okay. Now this yeah. this could be like the most endearing DC movie yet. Yeah. For Baron Blitzkrieg. I'm going to send you a picture of what Baron Blitzkrieg looks like, okay? Okay. Let me send you all a picture. Because Baron Blitzkrieg is a, uh, he's a big boy. He's cool. He's cool to look at. Does he have a Here he is. bee allergy? 
No. He doesn't. He's cool. He wears big metal armor, though. Ooh. Okay, well, he's in a mask. Yeah. I feel like I've seen him before. (laughs) He looks... He does look familiar. He does. He does indeed. So then I just Googled. I Googled the biggest man. And I got a few results. Mostly it was this guy who's really tall. Did you just Google the biggest man? Yeah, I typed in the biggest man. I said the biggest man alive is what I typed in on Google. And I got a lot of hits for the tall guy. Um, I then rethought about what I wanted to go look for. And I was like, wait, I know what to search. And I typed in the world's biggest wrestler. And I got some good ones. Should have just gone Brock. But as I looked, I found a man who stole my heart (laughs) in Mm. terms of becoming Baron Blitzkrieg. And I'm going to send him to you now. This man is a two-time, I think, uh, world's strongest man champion. Uh, His name is Brian Shaw. I love Brian. He's so lovable. Look at this huge dude. He's lovable. He's a sweetheart. He's standing next to Mike Tyson. Yeah, he's standing next to Mike Tyson. He looks like he's going to eat him for breakfast. He's a cool dude. This is Baron Blitzkrieg, y'all. So we've gone over my superhero. We've gone over my villain. Basic plot structure... You know, he gets, he finally goes, he goes to fight uh, all the bad boys, lots of montages of him putting them away, blah, 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 whatever happens in the middle, lots of cool action sequences. I do want to have POV shots of Michael flying around and, like, fucking stinging people just all over the place. So he's, like, flying around, and you get, like, images of, like, him punching and then Michael, like, going under his arm and then going, like, stinging this dude in the face. And then the guy getting punched again. So what do the stings do? Like, they're just annoying, okay? But they hurt. (laughs) But it's, I mean, if you're in a fight with one guy and you get stung by a bee, you're going to be distracted. Sure. There's no way around that. That's very true. Question, does does Michael talk in this film? No, he does not. God. (sighs) That mistake. It's too silly. It's a mistake. It's too silly. (laughs) Guys, it's too silly. I don't know. I thought about it. You're talking about John Cusack fighting a two-time world's strongest fan. Yes, I thought about it. Who has a sidekick B. <laughs> but the voice is too silly. That's where we draw the line. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I know. I, for I one, know. think it should be Eddie Murphy. Let's bring this man back. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, no. Holy fuck. Man. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good. I got it, man. So, we have the red B. We got him. It's John Cusack. We got Brian Shaw. They're fighting each other. <laughs> okay. Here's the end of the film, basically. We go through. Uh, Baron Blitzkrieg is about to basically launch off this huge. Uh, he's he's about to launch this huge big bomb stuff. Uh, it's gonna explode the world. He's taken on everything by himself, and they know there's no one who can stop him. Even the Red Bee can't because he's just a man. He's not genetically <laughs> engineered. John he's just a man. So he he traps Baron Blitzkrieg within a bomb shelter. Okay. Traps within a bomb shelter. And he does something before he goes in for this final fight. And he like you you see him like sending a message and getting stuff together, basically preparing to go off to fight this big boy. He goes he goes to the big bomb shelter. He locks him in and basically lets off not a nuclear bomb but a big bomb big enough to take out baron blitzkrieg but also himself 
Rick Raleigh does not make it through this. He dies in the film. What? But universe. But wait. There's more, folks. As I looked into Rick Raleigh and the Red Bee, I realized that after he was like discontinued off comic books, the Red Bee came back. Really? But the Red Bee came back in a different way. Really? In the comics, the Red Bee was revitalized and reborn with Rick Raleigh's great-granddaughter who took up the mantle. <laughs> and her suit is more like akin to what I would say Wasp from Ant-Man and Wasp is. So it's like she gets like a suit where she has powers now. And they give her like bee powers and shit. So whatever that is. So she's automatically kind of cooler. Yeah, she's definitely way cooler. So I decided... Rick Raleigh dies in this film. Okay. He dies in this film. But that's because it's not the Red Bee that we're going to get to know. In credit sequence, you see the granddaughter of Rick Raleigh gets a package in the mail. And it's a little thing. She opens it up. Who? What is it? It's Michael, who's been cryogenically frozen. The bee lives. Michael the bee's alive. Ooh. She gets the bee. She opens it up. She gets like a huge just like hologram message thing that he was able to send. Even though it's the 1940s, they still had that technology. So he sent this message thing into her and just like, hey, this is me. This is what I've done. For any future generation, this is what has to be done. You have to take on. Yes. So that means that the next film will be an 80s movie? Yes. Oh no! But it's starring the <clears throat> Red Bee's granddaughter, the new Red Bee, mm-hmm. who her name is Jenna Raleigh. And you know who plays her? Ooh. Ellen Page. <gasps> That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Ellen That's good. Page is the new Red Bee. That's the first good. movie was just to set up her origin story. Yeah. That's good stuff. So in the second film, we pick up right uh like i would say a few months after all that stuff happened she's okay. established herself as the red bee she's got michael he's still the same michael we okay. still love him yeah he's it's a little there. unfair that you're trying to do two movies right now i'm not i'm not doing two movies i'm saying this is what sets it this up all one movie. on our outline we have will there be sequels yeah you don't talk about the it doesn't say yes. talk about the sequels in depth dalton i'm not trying talking to in depth harry trying to get trying all to get i'm extra, saying is that this movie time. the first film is to set up the future Red Bee, who will join the Justice League, by the way. That's in canon. And, and I, I agree, Dalton. I do think that you are sitting on gold. I think you're sitting on gold. But can a setup film stand on its own? I don't yes. know. Yes. It That's so, like, why not just start with Ellen Page? Because this is more interesting. Because people would be like, Whoa. Why? Because she's a woman? Because people would be like, Whoa, wait. This this is the real movie we're going after? You, If you kill a superhero in his origin debut... That's shocking. That sucks. That's shocking. People are like, wait, what the heck? What's going on? Is this one film? Are we done? And then, no. It's so someone else can rise from the You ashes. lose their trust. Nah. You lose their trust. Nah. They're like, well, how am I supposed to get attached to this dang nah. bee? Nah. The last one bit it after two if hours. If I saw a superhero film, if I saw Thor and he bit it at the end, I'd be like, whoa. What the heck? Because you think they're immortal. You think no matter what, they're always going to win. Yeah, then you get to watch a movie about Thor's buds. 
<laughs> Thor's buds whose names no one remembers. Well, yeah, because that's because Thor doesn't die in the movie. <laughs> but that does, it can set up good stakes later, but mm-hmm. we're not talking about later. But yes, so that's basically my idea for the Red B film. I think you should use this opportunity to revitalize the career of Ioni Sky, make her a love interest. Okay. Throw back to the say anything people out there, John Cusack. Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah. And like, Ooh, um, that's good. That's good. Love interest is on our thing. I bet she's still beautiful. She is. Love interest is like on our. It's on our outline, and I did have basically. He's just he's married mm-hmm. already. Whenever mm-hmm. it starts off, so there's no really like a will they won't they or superhero like I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, it's like he's already married. So he's sure. already got the girl. Sure, that's not a big thing for him. <clears throat> uh, we do have a good section called dumb jokes and pop culture references. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. And I have two things that I want to do with that. Okay. Um, throughout the film, he's gonna be making bee puns. I got. You really need to learn how to behave punches him and it's just like this might sting a little yeah you you got dumb jokes like that because that's dc's full of them but also i want on like billboards in the background and i'm talking very subtle i want b-movie shit everywhere i want to (laughs) have jerry seinfeld's b-face on a bus in the background just going by you would miss it you would miss yes you would miss it. We're going to restylize it where it looks like a 1940s poster, but it's the B-movie starring Jerry Seinfeld. Okay, so What's just... with all these sleeves? <laughs> <laughs> when do superheroes start wearing sleeves? That's a good, pretty good Jerry. I think that every time he does throw a punch, his sleeve should make a rustle sound that sounds like a B. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty that's good. Cool. That's really good. That's really good. So, yeah, if he's just... That's good. That's pretty cool. That's, power- so yeah, That's a you know, good idea. I know I'm not sitting on like solid gold or anything, but I think this no, is the best I copper. can. This is the best I can bring out. I of think DC. Dalton, as soon as this goes online, that movie's made in three years. <laughs> wow. And I think that you won't see a dime from it, and you'll have to like big fat lie your way to a check. Hit <laughs> movie starring Frankie Muniz. <laughs> Amanda Bynes. So I gave my pitch for the yeah. red bee for dc now harry i'm very excited to see yours yeah so i i sent you guys so i didn't really know where to start so i looked up uh the worst marvel characters next sort of the only i was really into okay so at the, at the end of uh avengers endgame mm-hmm. um after thanos has been defeated uh captain america goes back in time because he has to return an infinity stone to the, to the correct timeline mm-hmm. and then he doesn't come back through the teleporter and then uh sam wilson falcon and uh, uh the winter soldier bucky barnes turn and see an old man like sitting at a bench nearby and they go talk to him and it's it's steve rogers and he decided not to come back he wanted to like live the life that was stolen from him when he was frozen in ice and so he went back to the 40s and had the chance to you know reunite with peggy carter beautiful and live the life that he never got to live so good. it was beautiful um, and so at first, this isn't what I went with. I was sort of into the idea of sort of a bad grandpa style <laughs> road trip movie where, uh, Johnny Knoxville plays an elderly, uh, Captain America, uh, as he, uh, gets into shenanigans, uh, on a, a road trip across these great states of ours. Hey, Harry, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. I, I didn't get I d- decided not to go with that idea mainly because 
haven't seen Bad Grandpa, and I... I saw it in theaters. Why? <laughs> On my birthday. Oh. Why? Because my friend wanted to go see it. But it was your birthday. Dude, I know. God. I have no... Um, I, am, I don't have a spine, okay? I can't say no. Um, and so I'll just sort of... My idea, I'm going to be honest, I've only been sitting with it for... What time is it? Too late. About eight hours. Okay. Um... I came up with it this morning, and we've been podcasting for about... We've been trying to podcast for about three and a half, so I haven't gotten... Yeah. I spent about five hours with it. <laughs> and I guess the only way I can uh, sort of uh, give you this idea is just, just sort of walk you through it. I'm going to take you through the uh, the synopsis of my movie, mm-hmm. and you guys, you know, stop me whenever uh, you have any <clears throat> questions. Okay. Uh, so it starts with a, a man, uh, James, sort of living a, a, a mundane life in Northern California, and uh, he's talking with his, uh, sorry, this man, James, is played by uh, Sean William Scott. Oh, good. Um, okay. He um, comes home to his uh, wife, who's played by uh, Janelle Monet. You might recognize her from, uh, I think, was she in The Help? I know she was in Hidden Figures. Anyway, Janelle Monet from Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. She's great. Uh, it's his wife. And uh, she's talking about uh, their, uh, their daughter's graduation. Mm-hmm. Uh, their daughter, Sarah, is about to graduate from MIT and so oh, his well. wife's sort of talking about talking to him about uh, a trip that their dad wants to do with James like uh, James' dad Steve wants to mm. sort of who's getting a little long in the tooth wants to take the journey from Santa Monica to Boston by car to sort of have this last like trip with his son you know because he doesn't know Steve it's it's James. Uh, the characters are James Buchanan, Bucky Rogers, <laughs> and uh, uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America. Who's uh, and this is taking place in the Marvel, the MCU timeline, where it's an old Steve Rogers who's got to live his whole life. This uh, James Rogers is the son of uh, Peggy, Peggy Carter, and Steve, and so um, and uh, even though James Rogers. I took, so I'm getting getting to the origin real quick, taking a step back. There's not much. James Rogers only exists in like an alternate dimension, like an alternate timeline in the Marvel comics, and uh, he's a kid in all those mm. in all those pieces of literature. And so I to put him in this one, I took a lot of liberties. You know, I had him be in the comics. It's the son of uh, Black Widow and Captain America in the MCU. We know that. Um, uh, Black Widow was uh, sterilized as part of her um, involvement with the Soviets, so uh-huh. it can't be her. Can't yeah. be her son. So I say he is the son of Peggy and Steve, who during who they, they just had, you know, during the life that they got to have together. Mm-hmm. And so James is kind of reluctant, um, but after talking with his wife and thinking about it, like, yeah, my dad don't have much time left with my dad. This could be like one of the last like one-on-one like long experiences I get to have with him. So he uh, get, he finally relents and agrees to take his dad. So he drives to Santa Monica, uh, where like um, he's living in a I would say like maybe a superhero like retirement home. Like maybe <laughs> maybe not like a super, but like uh, peep for people who might be like high profile. You know, have a okay. lot of enemies. Sort of like a shield facility. Where they're kept generally safe. Now, who else is in here? You gotta show us like cameos. Who's well, in I here? just thought of that idea four seconds ago when I said <laughs> it out loud. So don't have a lot fleshed out with there. I mean, the problem is it would all be old people, 
mm-hmm. from that like period from like the 40s to the aughts that See? was movies we haven't seen yet unfortunately that's where like a good stan lee cameo would have come in but oh, yeah. yeah yeah well he's dead all right well uh, so no more of those so i'm brutal. off the hook <laughs> he's dead maybe you got the news Maybe uh, now it has to just be Tobey Maguire cameos. Oh, Maguire good. That's good. I, and so I think that'd be great. Anyway, uh, so they pick uh, James picks his dad up. Uh, it's awkward. It's kind of obvious that they don't have like the the warmest uh, rapport. But mm-hmm. uh, James tries to put on a put on a good face. And I, I will say Cap is played by not by Johnny Knoxville in old age makeup, but by Chris Evans in old age makeup. Okay. Don't want to recast that. Um, and so they get together, and after a, a travel montage of the pair driving their car, you know, along the American West, after a travel montage, they stop at a diner in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, James tries to open up to his father about their uh, relationship. Um, James sort of uh, inherited his father's superhero genes, and he felt tremendous pressure from the world around him to sort of follow in his father's footsteps. Mm-hmm. Um the pressure didn't necessarily come from Captain himself, but from everyone else around him. Uh, James, unfortunately, can't get this point across because the two of them are constantly interrupted by uh, Captain America's fans who, who recognize him. And so they, they like can't have a real conversation, right? And so eventually, James gives up on trying to have this conversation. He pays the bill, and they leave. And uh, one of the fans uh, snaps a pic of Cap and uploads it to Twitter. Cut to... Uh, villain's lair we see a villain's profiled in shadow talking to a, a robot and they see like a picture of captain america come up on twitter the villain realizes that captain america isn't in this secure shield facility anymore he's on the move oh okay okay i'm digging it um, later on cab wants to visit an old friend uh they pull up to the ranch of a retired hawkeye and his family not like okay not like good. old retired but he's just yeah, Thanos is done. He did his. He's thing. sitting on the porch yeah. in a rocking chair. Yeah, yeah, um, and so they, you know, Cap regales uh, Hawkeye's kids with tales of the Avengers. So now, like a lot of this movie feels like it's you know like a road trip movie, kind of western feel. Yeah. Does this have like the look of a western? Does I it think have... so. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. Um, look of a western. Yeah, like that kind of yellow grainy. Why would it be a western though? It starts in the west. It loses that throughout the closer they get. Okay. To... It's not like a rootin' tootin' gun shootin' western. No, no, but I mean, like Logan yeah. was a western. I mean, that movie was almost a western. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see what you mean there. Like just on the fundamental level of what that story is. Yeah. Like it feels like a western. Yeah. Later on, he talked to like Hawkeye about what it was like to be in the Avengers when he was like surrounded by gods mm. and super people as an old person. Sort of has a conversation about like how he. You know whether or not he felt like a hero compared to those people, stuff scene. like that. That's a good scene. Um, thank you, man. Um, and Hawkeye felt like he never had to be on their level to be a hero. Um, he gotcha. just decided to do what he could when he could, and that was enough for him. And he still felt like, even though he was no Thor, uh, he felt perfectly entitled to say that he helped save the world. You meet the villain. Um, the villain, uh, who goes by the villain name Nomad. Um, is this a real villain, first of all? This is a real villain. Okay. Well, uh, in exists in an alternate, literally an alternate dimension. Mm-hmm. Uh, is uh, Ian Rogers. Okay. Played by David Cross. Okay. Ian Rogers is his adopted name. His real name 
is Leopold Zola. He's the son of Armin Zola, the like head Hydra scientist um, that was the villain in Captain America 1 and who's the dumb computer head in Captain America 2. He was like sort of the adopted son of Captain America for a while. Um, Captain America sort of took him in. Uh, Ian Rogers uh, couldn't quite get away from his like, uh, couldn't quite get away from the legacy of his father. He was taken in like not as a baby, but as a child. So, you know, he'd sort of grown up with Armin Zola, sort of had that indoctrination into his head. And so Steve tried to take him under his wing to, um, you know, this is here. I'm not going to get into this in the movie. This is sort of the backstory of this character. Steve yeah. tries to take him in and show him, like, put him on the right path. But uh, Ian eventually fell away and uh, went back to the his villainous side. Eventually, they make it to MIT with the day to spare. And uh, James and Cap go to a science expo where the young uh, MIT students are showing off, like, the technology and projects they've been working on. Uh, Peter Parker is there. Awesome. Uh, okay. He decided to he used his big brain to attend college and sort That's of uh, you know do some inventing. Peter Parker and his daughter work together to create like an uh, exosuit that's able to amplify a user's power output based on an analysis of their muscular skeletal structure. So and then Sarah and Peter eventually take them through a tour of a special exhibit exhibit that's passing through. Many of Shield's greatest inventors were MIT alum, and so there's a lot of like. Uh, old prototypes and support items that were used by Avengers that are sort of Avengers that are sort of on display here. At, at graduation the next day, uh, the Nomad attacks. Uh, he comes. I imagine he has like a, he's more of a tech guy. Tell me know. about the Nomad. What does he use? Like what are his powers? Uh, I imagine him as like a Iron Man esque. I think he's no. more. He's a brain boy. You know, his his father was a super genius. I imagine a lot of those genes got passed on to him. Mm-hmm. So I think he's invented his own tech. He's invented a lot of drones that act as like uh, basically fire support for him. Uh-huh. You know, and he has like sort of his own suit that has I think like uh-huh. small arms, explosives, stuff like that. And so he's attacking, and he's trying to. Uh, get access to a certain invention that's like a big mech suit. And so the Nomad gets to the like mainframe of MIT and he downloads this downloads this program that he like took from old Hydra databases. Little does he know, his father, Armanzola, whose consciousness was in like a Hydra database and Captain America the Winter Soldier, it's in this program. Armanzola's back, baby. Mm. He puts himself into the mech suit, starts tearing shit up, uh, and he goes after Captain America, his old nemesis, mm-hmm. who's now too weak to fight in old age. The nomad who's like didn't know that his dad was around, or that Zola was in the, the consciousness was in the program. Uh-huh. He's like freaking out. He doesn't know what to do. His drones are getting taken over. Doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Captain America is struck by Zola and uh, wounded pretty badly. James Rogers runs to his side, desperate to save his father. Um, to sort of have this last talk about how, you know, like, Steve Rogers is actually, you know, he didn't expect him to become a superhero. He just expected mm-hmm. him to do what's right. He's proud of him for, like, building his own life and finding his own path. But that you don't just, you don't have to be a superhero to do the right thing and to help people. Mm-hmm. After this, they use the technology that's available in the expo. Um, the Nomad uh, gets like a bunch of prototype tech and like fucks around, and fiddles with it, hacks it, does some shit to like add it to a suit or whatever, power it up, because he 
is pissed off that his dad is trying to steal his thunder and kill Captain America when that was what he was fucking trying to do. And so he wants to take Zola out. Teams up with James. James puts on like the superpower exosuit. It responds like anomaly detected. Ba 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 ba, and it is able to go like super yeah. beast fucko mode because he's got like super soldier uh, serum. The I imagine the the mech suit that Zola's taken uh, control of mm-hmm. is like made of a vibranium alloy. James used to be a football player. He puts on this exosuit. And basically uses the shield as a fucking battering ram to okay. try and just like tear open a chink in the armor. Okay, I like So it. that um, Nomad and his daughter Sarah, who has hacked a drone and is mm-hmm. used piloting it, trying mm-hmm. to just like pepper away at this big robot. Mm-hmm. He's trying to pry open uh, a slit for like small arms to go inside okay. and destroy the suit from the inside. Okay. He uh, eventually like a hole is worn into Zola's armor. But um, he uses, like, an EMP thing to uh, disable, like, the electron, like the targeting system and electronics of the drones and Nomad's suit. So, and it destroys his own suit because it's an EMP. This is when he's unsuperpowered. He takes an explosive and is just, like, uh, like does- a football player barreling towards the robot. Okay. And he, like, spikes an explosive okay. into the hole in Zola's armor. And it destroys it from the inside. All right. And so Zola, Armin Zola is destroyed, uh, perhaps once and for all. Mm-hmm. Who knows? There's more Marvel movies, and he's been in a few of them. <laughs> James and Sarah are revealed as heroes. Um, Sam Wilson, the current Captain America, the flying Captain America, sort of talks to him about maybe joining, you know, the Avengers Initiative. Mm-hmm. James declines, and uh, while he realizes that anyone can be a hero. Um, and he thinks people should do his part. That's not like what he, that's not like who he wants to be professionally. So basically you want to show that you too can be a hero, even if you're not like a superhero. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. And, so, and so even though he's like, I'm going to, you know, I did my part. I'm going to continue to do my part, but I want to, li- mm-hmm. I've chosen my life and I want to okay. continue to live it. He can still be his own person while occasionally playing the role that his father played. But he thinks it's high time that he goes back home mm-hmm. to be with his wife. And I think that's how it ends. I think in the post credit scene, maybe Avengers talks to his daughter, who showed some, you know, some spunk, some ingenuity, uh, being able to think on her feet, hack shit. Uh, so maybe there could be, like, her entry into the Marvel Universe, Steve Rogers' granddaughter, mm-hmm. Sarah Rogers. Um, but I think that's, that's where it ends. So let me give you basically i have a counterpoint i would say and then a counterpoint to my counterpoint uh real quick basically my biggest thing is that uh as i've listened to this one i do love it a lot two okay you are creating a film using definitely not i wouldn't say in the main role but definitely in the highlight of the cast with a hero who's already been established I'm doing something completely new. So, we started off, I'll admit, I was like, what the fuck, Harry? Okay. You're coming in with Captain America, you're trying to run off that bullshit, you son of a bitch. But, you've explained this in such detail, and you've crafted such a unique story that I cannot help but relent that even though Captain America is definitely a hero who's already been established and you are using him and 
basically the a good crux of your movie does rely on him. That you've made your own special narrative. Yes. And I will not complain about this. Yeah. Uh, and that, I do like fair. this film a lot. I want to see this film. I, I do too. I was getting excited when I was like yeah, trying this, to outline this. It. This is really cool. I really want to see elderly cap fight. Yeah. Uh, that sounds really fun. Yeah, I think it takes a toll on him. Like yeah. afterwards, I think he's yeah. probably like shaking a lot. He's probably mm-hmm. kind of feeble. Um, yeah, and I like I, li- I like the themes of like sort of. Yeah, I like the idea of like this mythic figure of Cap mm-hmm. sort of shaping his two children's lives mm-hmm. and sort of the effect it's had on them. Um, yeah, uh, De- Devin, your it's money. Really, it's really cool. Getting an entire storyline of people who wouldn't have existed had he not stayed. Yeah. In that time frame in in game, I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. That because of that decision, we get like this entire new branch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of story, uh, I think that's really cool because you know, who knows what we're gonna get like in the real MCU <laughs> yeah, if we're going to know. touch any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Probably not. Yeah. So I think that this is very unique, much like yours. Different. Mm-hmm. Different. Unique. Yep. Yeah. Very different, sure. but um, for sure, good. All the same. Are you? Do you want it to be like? regular old mcu feel or do you want it to feel a little bit like grittier i want it to feel a not not more it's more Earth. deeply emotional i'd say yeah because as as i've talked with harry a little bit marvel does a really good job of blending genres so they have superhero and then something else ant-man was a superhero heist movie you have thor ragnarok which is like a superhero very like 80s movie and we're gonna have course, a superhero breakup movie yeah we're gonna have a superhero breakup movie with thor love and thunder incredible captain america winter soldier was a superhero spy slash born movie this is a superhero road trip movie very on par with like i would say like the bucket list type stuff like that where it's like it's two people emotionally connecting together and learning on that journey and we're basically passengers along for the ride yes that's what you know i you know i that's what i appreciated it is it's it's a character driven narrative that uh i feel like i would probably enjoy the first two thirds of more than that final battle yeah i feel like i would probably enjoy all the characters and like the top that scene between hawkeye yeah that would probably be be the standout scene for me i'm really you'd have to include the battle to make it like a marvel movie yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the the battle is definitely the thing i would i would need to rework like work most on mm-hmm. like to try and like stay true to like the themes of like the movie and what it's what it's trying to say you mm-hmm. know and really just drive it home yeah. yeah so does anybody have anything else to say before uh i start this uh you know final segment yeah it's good i like it a lot great all right Devin, it's time and honestly I'm going to be pretty mad if you don't pick Harry's. So, which film are you going to greenlight? It's time for you to decide which film are you greenlighting. The Red Bee by Dalton Graves or Cap Rising by Harry Smith. After hearing everything that both of you have to say, I've approached this with the seriousness of a huge movie mogul. And I've decided the film I would like to green light is Harry's. Yay! Hell yeah! That's I what I'm talking about. I will say 100 percent earned. That's what I'm talking but about. But that does not well, go with. I have to acknowledge that I want both of these movies. Amazing! Oh wow! Okay. I want. I want nice. both. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely say if I was having to choose, I would choose Harry's too. And I came up with my own fucking idea. Although, and I, 
I, f- I really fuck with yours, though. Like, mm. a dude with a B. Like, that's so weird and <laughs> Yours different. might be the like, funniest DC movie ever. When yeah. I found out that there was a superhero whose only power was he could punch real good and he had a super B, I was like, that's it, baby. Yeah, th- I think this could... Yeah, I think if this was made, it would be the best DC movie. <laughs> it is incredible. Like, I really don't want you to think yeah. that it not being greenlit at this time... But, no, I get it. It's great but, stuff. Yeah, but uh, I guess what what led you to your decision? Honestly, it comes down to just personal taste. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like a good comedy. That's fair. Yep. But I like my character driven narratives like that are just seedy mm-hmm. and a bit dramatic. And you know, Logan man, yours feels along so the lines good. of Logan, but yours is really hilarious. And I yeah. love that too. It's just that you know my personal taste brings me down the road of Cat Rising. All right. Yeah, I like it a lot. Whew. All right. All right, Devin, is there anything else you want to say? You've given your final your final thoughts. Yeah. Um, it's really fun. Uh, thank you guys for having me. I enjoyed listening to both your pitches. Uh, of course. Is there any, like, thank you so social much. media or anything you want to plug? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> All you, right. You can find my private Twitter <laughs> that you will have to request my yeah. permission to follow. Uh, I'm, so, no. No. No, I don't. I have nothing to plug. Uh, I'll plug this here podcast. It's awesome you guys are doing this. Thank so. you so yeah, much. Nothing you. but great wishes for you guys and your future installments. Love you, man. Love you guys. It's great to have. I'm really you. glad. I'm really glad to have you on. It's fun. All right. Uh, well, All right, guys. At the scoreboard, one to one so far. One to one so far. Uh, it's going pretty well. You and I, we we got a lot of films ahead of us, Harry. A lot. Oh man. A lot of films. So I hope you all are ready to stick with us on this journey, and much like. Cap and his son, we're going on a road trip, baby. But much like Michael, we're going to have that waggle dance. (laughs) 